Blessed be and merry meet everybody. This is the Ethereal Path Podcast. It's time to get witchy. I'm your host, Xander. Let's ride. All right, guys, here we go. Episode nine. I can't believe it's already been this many. Um, plus, you know, a couple, you know, bonus little things here and there. So I'm super excited. Um, tons of things that I want to talk about today. Um, first of all, huge shout out to the people of Germany and the people of the UK. What's up? Um, willkommen. Um, ich spreche kleine Deutsch. Es ist sehr gut. Basically, I haven't taken German since high school. But to whoever is listening to us in Germany now and in the UK, and of course, my Ireland peeps, Thank you. Um, I'm so excited. Of course, you know, thank you to all the USA peeps as well. But just the fact that, you know, I wake up and it's like, boom, two more countries have started listening to your podcast. Like, that's just such a fucking awesome feeling. I'm not I'm not even gonna try to downplay it. So welcome. Thank you. Merry meet. I'm hoping that you guys have gone back and started listening to the older episodes. And if not, please do get caught up because um, we're actually coming to the end of basically Wicca 101. I kind of was talking a little bit about this um, during the last episode. I think I dropped it on Monday. And um, it was one of those things where, you know, it's kind of figuring out like where to go, what to do, and what the next best path or next best path would be. Um, and I knew I wanted to talk about the wheel of the year just because, you know, Yule's coming up and we need to talk about, you know, holidays and get that basically cut. But then we also need to kind of talk about the whole like movement and everything like that because it's truly coming full circle at this point. Um, so hang in there. We're going to start with the wheel of the year, um, but it's going to kind of morph into the this is why I keep talking about using certain hands, moving in certain directions, you know, the whole Judsel and Wittershins thing. Um Hopefully this makes it all click and hopefully this brings it together because then that means I think we're ready to move on to the more like, you know, deeper, more intense stuff. So we're going to get started with the wheel of the year and I'll be right back. So before we go any further, I do have to give a huge shout out to the people at Anchor. Um, you have made starting this podcast and branching out and making it available on other platforms so super easy. I cannot even begin to describe it. If you're out there and you're thinking about starting your own podcast, check out Anchor. It is truly as simple as you record it, you publish it, and then you go to basically every other feed and say, hey, here's my podcast. And they review it and they pick you up if you meet all their criteria. Um, that's how I got on you know, Google so fast. Is how I got on Apple so fast, but I could not have done it without the amazing people at Anchor, plus they have amazing editing technology, they have intros, outros, music cues, and all sorts of cool ass things. So again, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, please, please check out Anchor. It's how I got this one started and I will have a lifelong relationship with them. All right, so let's talk about the Wheel of the Year. Um, so first, before we talk about the Wheel of the Year, I want to break things down um, into two things. Okay, so there are what we call Sabbats and there are what we call Esbots. 
Sabbaths are the eight times of the Wiccan calendar, which represent the wheel of the year, which is what we're going to be covering today. Esbots are moon rituals. Um, usually those are not as widely celebrated amongst the community where with, with the big Sabbaths, like you would get, you know, basically the entire community would come together for the celebration. With the Esbots, Esbots are usually done with like moon rituals and within covens. Um, so we're not going to be covering those in too much detail today, but we actually are going to be talking about them a little bit in the next segment. So I just want to make you aware that we are talking Sabbaths here. Um, when we get to the Esbots, I'll kind of, you know, talk, I'll, I'll bring that up and I'll point it out when we get to it. Um, that being said, um, I'm going to spend a little more time on Yule just because Yule is the next one that's coming up. And I also figure, you know, as, um, you know, we get to these times of the year, like I'm going to do like special episodes. So we'll consider this kind of like the first special episode because although we're going to cover the entire Wheel of the Year, we're going to really like kind of focus in on Yule um, and what makes it so important. And, you know, basically it's like I said, it's coming up soon. Um, so here's where we start. And that is Yule. Um, Yule is actually, you know, where we start the Wheel of the Year. Um, it is held on the winter solstice, um, so roughly like December 21st-ish. Um, and what Yule represents is it's the birth of the young god, it's light and life returning to the world, it's, you know, basically we're turning the corner in, you know, as we go through these descriptions, kind of put yourself in like an old timey mindset, like almost think back to like, you know, like the 1700s when, or 1700s when like, you know, the like Salem witch trials and shit was going on. Like put yourself in that kind of a mind frame because this will, it, it will, you know, definitely help you relate to it. Like that's actually how I learned it and how I, it was related to me. Um, so anywho, um, even though it's like the dead middle of fucking winter and I live in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I know how cold, you know, cold it is. Um, it's the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. Okay. So when we talk for, when we talked before and when we're going to talk in a little bit about like waxing and waning and beginnings and ends and everything like this, Yule is the shortest day of the year. So therefore every day after Yule, all of the days are going to get longer. Therefore, life and light are truly returning to the world. Because even though every day, it may be just by a matter of seconds, it may just be by a matter of minutes, there's just that much more light that we have in the world that day. And that's why we celebrate things um, that involve light. Because one of the other big parts of Yule is the goddess is is starting on her voyage and because the goddess is starting on her voyage one of the things that traditional wiccans used to do is they used to put candles lit candles into trees and it would help light her path on her way to her destination Sound familiar? Putting lights on trees? Yeah, like you're gonna notice a lot of things. Kind of this is this is kind of what I was dropping out in the trailer about like if you've ever lit a Christmas tree or you know if you've ever colored an Easter egg. We're gonna cover a lot of that and pretty much all of it like right here in this episode. So it's gonna make a lot of sense. Um, and you're gonna totally see where a lot of other religions draw these practices from. 
Um, so again, Yule is the very beginnings. Yule is, you know, light. Yule is, we, like I said, we, we, that's why we burn Yule logs. That's, you know, that's like, again, you know, that's why, you know, it's very much a celebration of light, you know, and that's why, you know, gifts are exchanged and it's a very happy time because it's basically the beginning, like new beginnings it's a fresh start, you know, without calling it like New Year's, it's basically New Year's, okay? Um, so that is that is Yule. That's why we do the things that we do on Yule. Um, so one of the things when it comes to, you know, spell casting and practicing and this, that, and the other, if you're looking to, say, do any spell work or meditation work or affirmation work on, say, like new beginnings or, you know, getting pregnant, finding a new job, getting a new home, you know, starting a new family, um, you know, be getting financially stable, just new beginnings of any sort. Yule is the perfect time to be asking for them and celebrating them because this is exactly what this holiday represents. It is new beginnings. So next up in the year, um, we have Imbolic, which is on February 2nd. Um, this is a festival for the goddess Breed, or Bridget. Um, Breed is known as the Triple Goddess of Light, and this is basically a lot of lighting of the home. This is where homes are blessed. Um, this is also known as Candlemas. You may have been familiar with that um, in Western um, terminology. Um, but the whole point of this is to, again, you know, we're kind of keeping the light going. We're reminding ourselves that, you know, we're working towards, you know, the spring, you know, basically think of it as like an interim fire festival because now, you know, we're trying to, you know, bring home or bring light into the home and we're basically trying to like pump everybody up. And one of the things about Breed or Bridget's um, usual description is, you know, she's usually... Per, or um, she's the spiritual being. He's usually, you know, um, represented with the crown of candles on her head, which is very much symbolic of, you know, the Advent wreath. Um, so again, that is really just a quick, dirty version of what Imbolic is. Um, so next up is Ostera, which is the spring equinox. Um, this is one of the bigger ones, you know. Um, this is the celebration of the goddesses rising. This is the earth resurrecting. Um, basically, the goddess has officially awoken. Um, and the god himself, he has grown into the young man. Um, you know, this is a very... Um, fertile time this is why harvesting ha or planting of the harvest happening happens in the spring um and basically we're getting to the point where the goddess and god are basically gonna like hook up okay um we're not quite there yet but we're getting to that point basically you know they found each other they're in the youth they're in their prime um and they're about to like i said they're basically this is this is a time of fertility this is a time to plant the harvest this is why we usually celebrate by doing things like painting eggs sound familiar should because we dye easter eggs yes and that's li quite literally the symbol of it and i'll be totally honest with you when i was like studying this and i was like learning about the wheel of the year this was one of those truly like mind fucking blown moments where it was like 
we're painting Easter eggs because of what this holiday represents and you know it's really a representative of fertility and we're painting fucking eggs like the literal representation of fertility and it was just like literally like mind blown but anywho um moving on beltane may 1st may day um no um so this is dedicated to the fiery young god bell basically the god has grown into a young man and is coming to claim the goddess is his lover here it comes this is sexy day um you know and when you think about you know what happens on may 1st or you know may day like i said um or shouted for that matter um you know we always associate it with you know dancing around a maypole and yada 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 okay so let's call a spade a spade you know a maypole is literally a phallic representation um and the reason that you usually have two circles of you know usually it's young girls sometimes i've seen girls and guys you know it just kind of all depends um the reason that you have them dancing in two opposite directions and they're weaving the ribbon around the pole is because they're unifying the goddess and god it's the symbolism of the goddess and god becoming one through sex um and again you know they're basically decorating this big phallic looking object because it is his penis that is going to unite them as one and is it is what is going to you know basically have a good fruitful harvest because he's going to you know basically look over everything and you know his fertility is gonna you know basically bump up the fertility of the harvest and you know this is what we're celebrating with the goddess and god you know we're celebrating that union we're celebrating that fertility we're celebrating you know the motherhood aspect of you know while the goddess is claiming her lover she's also going to be taking care of the land and you know she's also going to be watching out for the harvest and making sure that you know the crops are plentiful and you know, basically that's kind of where we are going forward through the year. So if you think about where we're at in the year, you know, we're relatively following the seasons and most of these Sabbaths relate to what is going on in the year. Um, and it makes sense when you kind of, you know, break it down. So, you know, moving on, we have the summer solstice, which is Letha. This is actually the divine marriage of the goddess and God. Um, so they are at their peak of their power. Now, unlike, or the, I, should, I should say, unlike the, long, unlike the winter solstice, the summer solstice is the longest day of the year, okay? Um, so this is where it starts to switch, okay? So first thing, because there's such extended twilight, um, one of the things that is rumored is that the doors between the fairy realm and our realm open at twilight so therefore those who believe in fairy magic um those who are practitioners of any sort of fairy magic um this is kind of like their power time um but it's also you know a reminder and a celebration of us that you know the darkness is coming and here we are getting ready to reap the rewards of the harvest that we've worked for so long um and in another sense of duality you know there's a legend that the god himself basically battles himself on this day and his dark side is what ends up winning and you know 
because his darker side ends up winning. This is why this is the longest day of the year. And now from here, the the light is going to get shorter. So in a way, if you think that you, you, in a way you can kind of think of like the God aspect is in control of time, like father time, just kind of, again, throwing that out there, little Easter eggs. Um, so next up on August 1st, we have Lamas. Um, there's also a very, very big, long Celtic name for this. Um, I'm sorry, it is not Celtic. It is, it, well, it's Irish. Um, it's, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I will completely butcher it, but I will spell it out for you. It is spelled L-U-G-H-N-A-S-S-A-D-H. Again, I am not even going to try to butcher that, especially since I know that we have people in Ireland listening, or, yeah, people in Ireland listening to us. So, like, I am not even going to try to fucking offend. And I'm Polish, so um, you should see the 11 letters of my last name. But anywho, um, basically, this is where we're celebrating um, Luke, who is the god of light and grain um and i probably mispronounced his name and if i did i am so sorry um but basically we play sports on this day um we play a lot of games on this day the first cut of the harvest should be made on this day because you know again since he is the god of light and grain you know that first cut is done as an offering to him um this is where you traditionally see like the girls burning like you know the corn doll effigies um you know and again this is all in honor of um sacrificing you know, a little bit of the bounty of the day because that's going to bring us a good first harvest. Um, and this is where basically kind of like harvest season begins. Uh, next up, we move on to Maybon, which is the fall equinox. So this is also known as the second harvest or this is the fruit and wine harvest. Um, Maben is a Celtic god who goes to the underworld and basically gets lost. Um, this is symbolic of it's now time to journey into the dark. You know, this is when, you know, unfortunately daylight savings times kicks in because, and I'm just going to go off on a tangent real quick because fuck daylight savings time. Every year it fucks me up beyond belief. I hate it. 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 It takes me like a week to get back into like my groove. Um, daylight savings time so needs to go. Uh, but anyway, um, this is where we're going to journey and we're going to start journeying into the dark. The days are going to be getting a lot shorter. We're going to be living in the dark. Um, and that's literal, that's literal what we're going to be doing. Like when, you know, think about when you go to work, you know, at this time, you know, you're, you're coming home from work and it's basically already dark out. All right, this brings us to our final Sabbath, October 31st, the night he came home. And I'm going to throw this out there right now, Samhain. Repeat after me, Samhain, not Sam Hain. 
But anywho, um, so this is the Celtic New Year. This is the Day of the Dead. The reason behind it is because this is the day of the traditional meat harvest. So the herd was slaughtered on this day. Meat was smoked and salted for the winter time. Um, but the slaughtering is what opens the door between the worlds. Um, so that is why the ancestors can return on that day. This is why, you know, we have all the ghost stories. This is why Halloween is turned into the spooky ooky because everything, you know, can you know, cross and the doors between the worlds are open and everything like that. Um, but this is also a huge rep representation of, you know, our communication with our past, being able to talk to our ancestors, you know, some people still even, you know, prepare soul meals, um, because for the dead, you know, this is something for them to feast on. And then, you know, they'll light candles for their way back. Um, and that is basically where we come to the end you know the goddess um has taken on her crone form she is basically kind of gonna go disappear into the woods and like do her thing that she does between now and yule um which is literally the period that we're in right now you know the god himself is an older man who has returned to the underworld and we know he's about to be getting re reborn within the next couple weeks. Um, so that pretty much covers the wheel of the year. So like I said, if you think about the traditions, what we do, what we celebrate, what they represent, and you follow along like traditional harvest lines. Now, you know, I don't claim to know a shit ton about farming. I don't claim to know, um, you know, even... Uh, or the, the first thing about, you know, living that kind of life. Um, but this is what, th this is where it all stemmed from. Um, and this is, a, if you, and again, if you notice a lot of our holidays that we have on, you know, like the secular side kind of coincide with the other holidays we have on the Wiccan side and they kind of coincide with other religious holidays. And, you know, a lot of, traditions have been crossed you know so and it's just it's crazy and it's kind of cool to think that this is where they sort of got their origins from but the, you know the multiple meanings of everything um so yeah but anywho that is the wheel of the year where the deeper dive into yule just kind of quick like i said we'll cover the other sabbaths as we get a little bit closer to them um i want to jump into the final segment which is going to be a little bit of the sum up and then i think we're actually going to be where exactly i think we all need to be in this journey so i'm going to take a quick break and i'll be right back <laughs> Alright, so let's talk a little bit about Moon Magic and Esbots. So, Moon Magic, um, this is where the Esbots come in. So, think of the Wheel of the Year as a circle within a circle. Um, so, within that circle of the year, we have the lunar cycles. So, the moon, as we know, goes from new moon to first quarter to full moon to third quarter back to new moon. And in the meantime, you know, there's its um, waxing crescent, there's the waxing gibbous, there's the waning gibbous, there's the waning crescent. So, there's all sorts of different phases of the moon. Um, and this is hugely important because depending on where we are at in the lunar cycle is what kind of magic would be working best. So think about it this way. 
so and and it's very literal in its interpretation so if you think about like you know the new moon okay so on the date of the new moon why is this important so we want to work on any sort of magic that is about beginnings any sort of magic that is like the end of a cycle or the beginning of a cycle or the beginning of something new or the end of something old or you know fresh starts basically because the moon is beginning a new cycle um in the waxing phase when the moon is getting bigger up to the first quarter up to the full moon um then you know you want to focus on anything that's growing so like for me you know any of the um magic that i've done um especially with you know like items that we have for sale in the shop have been done under a waxing moon because i'm trying to sell items that have you know invoking magic um so along with say you know the jetsal the jetsal turn of the spiral and with the um necklaces the spiral necklaces that we sell they were cleansed and blessed under a waxing moon so therefore they were done to even further enhance the capability of you know pulling magic in you get to the full moon this is when the moon is at its peak this is when it's at its brightness its brightest so you know with people especially who use like crystals for meditation and things like that this is when you want to have you know really powerful spells this is when you want like peak magic to happen um uh, people who do a lot of crystal work um you know they will recharge their crystals under the light of a full moon um you know and then you get to the waning phase so this is you know the moon is starting to you know lose its light it's going from you know a waning gibbous to the third quarter to you know a waning crescent and then back to a new moon so if you're trying to get rid of anything if you're trying to get rid of something you know say something or someone toxic in your life or you're trying to get rid of bad luck or bad karma or if you're trying to just you know change a bad circumstance or you know get rid of anything that's when you should be doing this type of magic so while you know you can whip out a spell anytime anywhere any place it's you know if you pay attention to the lunar cycles then you can even further enhance your spells and like to me you know depending on like this what the spell is the severity i shouldn't say the severity of the spell but depending on like you know what the spell is what i'm going for what i'm trying to accomplish you know Maybe I'll just kind of, you know, throw one thing in, maybe I'll throw two in, maybe I'll kind of go for the trifecta, you know, like maybe I'll, you know, on the night of a full, if I'm, if I'm trying to like, you know, do something super powerful, you know, on the night of a full moon, when the moon's at its brightest, you know, I will do some like super, super powerful magic. And then maybe say like the next day or two when, you know, the moon starts to like, you know, wane, like, you know, I'll do a lot of banishing work. I'll do a lot of, you know, work on getting rid of, you know, negative energies, or I shouldn't say negative, but like harmful energies, hurtful energies. Um, and, you know, the exact opposite during the waxing phase, you know, you bring in the helpful energies and you call for the you call for the assistance and you call for the aid and you call for the power. So that's really why it's important to pay attention to the, the calendar, the, the movement of the moon and the movement of the earth in general. And, you know, while, you know, 
I, someone asked me the other day what makes me a green witch. And I always answer with, you know, because I use a lot of herbs, I use a lot of, you know, color magic, which again, we're going to get into super deep. Um, I use a lot of natural elements, which a lot of my fellow witches do as well. Um, but I kind of focus more on that, whereas, you know, depending on what type of Wicca you practice, and again, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different types out there, um, you know, some people don't rely on, you know, herbs and crystals, you know, there's like, you know, Wicca 2.0, which is like straight up all digital. And it's funny because I was, you know, talking to my husband the other day, and I even, he, he said something about like, you know, wouldn't it be easier to keep your like book of shadows, like, you know, on your computer. And I like straight up, like clutched my pearls. Like, how dare you even suggest like that I do anything but a handwritten book of shadows? Like what the fuck? But I know a ton of witches who've done it. And it's like, you know, I know a ton of witches who are old school that have done it, you know? And it's like, we've got the technology, you might as well use it. But like, you know, to me, it's like, you know, I, in my own personal practice, like I prefer to have a handwritten book of shadows. Um, you know, I know I've talked about my book of shadows quite a lot. Um, so that's actually one of the things that I want to end up on is if you are, if you've gotten this far, obviously you are super interested in Wicca. Um, so at this point, um, it's kind of almost perfect because, you know, I did mention in the last episode, you know, I'm going to be starting dropping episodes on a more structured schedule. Um, I'm probably going to be taking about like a week or two hiatus. So this is a perfect time to kind of go back, listen to the other episodes, you know, um, do any like research that you want to do research on, like, you know, anything that may have intrigued you, look into your own stuff, please like and share, get your friends involved, you know, have them listen to the podcast, you know, see what they think form your own coven start your own thing do your do your own magical journey look at a website for two minutes never look at it again you know wait for my next episode you know do whatever feels right for you guys um but i think you guys have enough at this in at this point that if you're ready to start your journey i would say at the very at the very least get yourself um your own book of shadows and you know most people, when they start, they start their book of shadows kind of like a journal. Um, and they a good place to start to is just meditating. You know, focus on um, how to make those connections with your body, how to feel those energies, how to get yourself into the state of mind where you're in a true meditative state and you can feel the energy actually running through you and then take some time to journal about it, you know, and as you develop your book of shadows and as it grows, you know, you'll kind of be able to look back on things and you'll be able to pull things and, you know, books of shadows like for yes as much as i love them turning out like you know uncharmed with you know they open it up and every spell under the sun is there or you know even you know winifred's book you know just again you open it up and like every spell like ever created is there um but it's one thing that witches work on and like you know i'm proud of my book of shadows like you know mine i, I have a thing for dragons i've always loved dragons for some reason um and i've always been very big into like asian culture and asian symbolism um so you know dragons perfectly fit those fit that line so when i found my dragon tarot deck i was like 
legit over the moon, pun intended. And when I was looking for my next book of shadows, because I basically had to upgrade because I ran out of room in my first one, um, you know, I found this like gorgeous leather bound um, book with, you know, like old school clasps on it. And it's got this like beautiful dragon, like. It, it cut into the leather and it's just, it's, it's amazing. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll throw a picture up online or on the Instagram feed. Um, but anyway, like I said, get started, you know, do what you feel like you think you should you know, be doing. And in the meantime, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. You know how the 8 million ways I always talk about that you can find me. Please, you know, go check out the Etsy shop. If you have any questions about any of our products, please reach out to me at the 80 billion ways to contact me. And when I come back to repick this up, hopefully we will be deep diving into some color magic and getting into some really serious shit. So thank you to everybody who has been such a support up to this point. We have basically hit a very good stopping point, I think. Um, and again, I am just so super blessed and so super humble that, you know, you guys have taken the time to even give this a chance. And again, you know, I, I see those listener counts grow and I see those play counts grow and I see, you know, where the episodes are being played at. And it's just, like I said, the fact that, you know, I've got, you know, an international following at this point and, you know, I've just been on this journey for such a short time. It truly, truly does make my heart swell. And I am so grateful to every single person out there who is hearing the sound of my voice. Um, so again, blessed be, I will be back with you in a couple weeks on a more structured schedule, but in the meantime, take care. Um, and again, blessed be. Thank you once again for listening to the Ethereal Path podcast. I am your host, Xander. Ethereal Path is a product of Ethereal Path LLC. Please visit us on the web at www.ethereal-path.com. Please remember the dash. It does make a difference. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Ethereal Path, one, all, all one word. You can find us on Twitter at Ethereal Path PGH, which is also the name of our Etsy shop, Ethereal Path PGH. Please look for links on our website and down below. Please check out this podcast on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. Huge shout out to Anchor for podcasting for making this production possible. And blessed be.